We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. Like craft beer for your ears. This is the PT Pinecast. Guys, welcome to the show. We're live. We're back. Before we get into the episode, we do want to thank some of our sponsors, our friends at your CBD store. Find them online at cbdrx4u.com. Uh, people using CBD for things like wellness, stress to help them sleep. Maybe there's some of your patients. And if you want to have the right information so you can have a great conversation about how CBD might actually affect their treatment plan, you're going to want to know that. Uh, get the right information. The ABCs of CBD. See what I did there? Uh, now available at cbdrx4u.com. That's cbdrx4u.com. We'll also be giving away some pint glasses, courtesy of your CBD store. If you want to get in on that, we'll ship it right to you. Uh, just hit ptpintcast.com, and we will get you all hooked up with that. So the ABCs of CBD now at cbdrx4u.com. Let's start the show. High intensity intro we got going. I like that. Uh, what's up? My name is Jim McKay. I'm your host tonight uh, on PT Pinecast, a uh, podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories here in the world of physical therapy. Uh, catch us on the socials at PT Pinecast, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the whole nine, as well as that website I mentioned a second ago, ptpinecast.com. I almost said that all in one breath. Uh, and always subscribe. Kind of a, a, a bit of a, a misnomer, right? Because subscribe, you usually think you have to pay, but for a podcast, subscribing just means you never miss an informative episode. So subscribe on uh, iTunes, on uh, Spotify, on uh, Stitcher Radio, wherever podcasts are heard. Just click that subscribe button and you'll never miss a free episode. Tonight, I, I always get excited when we get to bring back uh, former guests and see, see what they've been up to and kind of catch up. Our uh, guest tonight, an innovative strategist, meaning she's spearheading the concept of hybrid professionals in our new hybrid reality. Did you know we're in a hybrid reality? We are. Um, our, our guest is passionate about researching hybrid work and workplaces. We know about that in the last 365 days. You can call her the creative disruptor. I will call her Dr. Sarah Beth, Beth Burke coming on the show again. Sarah Beth is back. Yeah, I made it back. Hi, Jimmy. No. All right. First question, Sarah Beth, is always the hardest. What are we drinking? Oh, it is rosé bubbles all the way, right? Oh, one yeah. again. I like yeah, that. I know. I'm doing a Sauvignon yeah. Blanc from whatever was $11 for my local wine store because I do not discriminate. And I find that I can't tell the difference between a $12 bottle of Sauvignon Blanc and a $38 bottle of Sauvignon Blanc. So why not be smart? So cheers to you. Cheers. And welcome back. Glad to be back. All right. So we need to talk about the past before we can talk about the present and the future. We Great. did an episode like a, a, exactly a year ago. Wow. which feels like five years ago it was at CSM <laughs> in Denver and we did it live. We were, uh, we were on site for CSM and that's where you're located. And we were like, Hey, you'd already been on the show before. I was like, we're coming to Denver. Let's do a episode at a bar. Yeah. And uh, who knew, who, who knew, knew? it would be the longest, you know, 365 days, but really it felt like five years of our lives. We didn't know. Oh my gosh. I, it's crazy to see just the point in time that you and I were together a year ago and what's transpired since then. There is a lot. Uh, we do want to make sure people know uh, where they can follow you at Sarah Beth Burke on Twitter, at more than my title on Instagram, and then more than my title is the website as well. Um, let's we call it a re-rack in radio, which is where we just kind of briefly give like the re-rack. So like when we had you on twice before, once live at CSM and once before that. Um, 
explain to us what this whole like hybrid identity is. We got to start with the hybrid identity before we can go forward into the future of hybrid work. So yeah. identity, the hybrid identity first. Yeah, I was on the early wave of something. I could feel it coming and now we're in it. So I investigate and research professional identity because I've gone through my own professional identity crisis. I think I'm on my fourth one. It's anytime we hit these career transitions and these moments where like, who am I? And how do I answer that question? What do you do? It plagued uh. me. So I was trying to understand myself and my job title. And I knew that I was more than my job title. And that led me to interview a lot of people and start to unpack what the heck is the professional identity that people really have. And I realized not only do people have multiple professional identities because they're the jack of all trades, you know, they're good at doing marketing and sales and they're a PT and they're a spokesperson and this and that. You can't just be a list of things. That's really right. confusing. So I found a framework that no one had told me and it looks like this. There's singularity, multiplicity and hybridity. That's the one that's been hiding and missing. So essentially you can be an expert and have one identity. You can also be a generalist, a gig worker, a polymath and have multiple, but people that are combining and working at the intersection of their different identities, that's when you're something totally different and we don't have a good name for it. You're a hybrid. So hybrids are what's transforming the workforce and literally the world has gone hybrid. It's no longer the future. The future of hybrid uh, work is here. And hybrid workers are when people have multiple identities woven together and we need to give them voice and power because they are doing things that's really hard to describe and people don't understand it. I love that. Uh, I think the first time we really had this conversation or, I, or I'd come across you on Twitter, it really resonated with me. And I, and I think I knew why right from the start, right? We're very visual. Yeah. You use Venn diagrams all the time. And I love Venn diagrams because I can, I mean, it's just, you can instantly see where things cross, where they yeah. don't and how they relate and, and when they cross over. So first of all, I love Venn diagram, Venn diagram. So if you go to service, you're going to see a lot of those in the workbook. You're going to see a lot of those in the website. So if you do something, there's that, here, hold that, hold that Venn diagram up again. Oh, if man. you do something, that's one circle, right? Yeah. Now you mentioned multiplicity. You could do a couple different circles that never cross. Let's say yeah. you really like um, gardening and physical therapy, right? Those two things they exist. They exist separately. There you go. <laughs> then what if you could cross that over? What if you could be the physical therapist to do telehealth with people who are gardening? I don't know. Like, exactly. is that a thing? I don't know, but it very well could be. And that's where the hybridity is, where those those multiple things cross over. And next thing you know, and I love how you start this out because you say like, the next thing you know, what do you do at a dinner party turns into, well, uh, how long you got? You know, yeah. I actually had a former boss in radio who was a morning radio DJ. And people always wanted to ask him questions, which was cool. But he's like, sometimes I just wanted to be a guy at the party, right? Mm -hmm. He would say, "What do you?" When people ask him what he did, he'd say, "I wore uh, stock stuff at Home Depot." He's like, "No follow up questions." <laughs> That's how he dipped into the background. But what he really did was build community around mm -hmm. this broad, you know, this 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 broadcast platform. So yeah. that's that's a really good example of like why owning this or why knowing what it is, like dinner parties, is good. But really, it's because you can leverage this to be happier, to get more done, to be more not just productive, but I guess be more of what 
what you really are is first you got to exactly. identify. Yeah. All of the parts of yourself get to work together. You are the sum. So when you can talk about your hybridity, it's actually your truest you. And in the middle of that Venn diagram is your unique value proposition. You are the expert of your hybridity. Nobody else has that expertise. So you can rock it. You can stand out. You're more competitive. And clients and employers finally will know, hey, we need Sarah Beth because her expertise is the creative disruptor. And that's what we need in this moment. It really sharpens and clarifies why you have so many different parts. Uh, one of my one of my uh, colleagues at Fox Rehabilitation, uh, he's our COO, you know, physical therapist, went all at COO, and he calls me in for different projects. And he's close because he's close to understanding this because uh, I'll get brought into a meeting and I've got this weird radio background and communications and marketing and PT. And uh, I'll get brought into a meeting virtually now, of course. And I'll be, and I, I message him, I'm like, why am I in this meeting again? And he likes to send back, I'd like you to do some Jimmy things. And I, in the beginning, when he started using that phrase, I was like, what does that mean? He goes, I just want you to sit here and listen. And when you see something that feels like a Jimmy thing, do that. So he's close because to him, he, yeah. he knows what Jimmy things are. But we need to, you know, in, it, when we first interacted, it needs to be very clear. Like you're a creative disruptor. Right. It's clear enough where I can go, okay, I kind of understand that. I would like to ask Sarah Beth what that means or how that can help me. And that that probably has to be a big advantage or a big reason to, to understand what your hybrid, what your title is. Totally. So I talk to people about one figuring out what the parts of yourself really are. What are your primary professional identities? Because if you're just listing a lot of things, you, you gotta get some clarity on the ones that are your best, you wanna be known for, that energize you. And if someone told you you can't use these identities tomorrow, you would feel like you lost part of yourself. Yeah. So you gotta know your three or four that are the core. And then you put them in the Venn diagram and it's like, well, who am I when all of that combines? It's like making a recipe or baking a cake. You put in special ingredients and then boom, you have this beautiful, delicious thing and you name it something. It's not just cake. It's like the Fleur de Lis lavender cake. And you're like that, that is delicious. Yeah. So your hybrid title is what you name yourself. And this is what I've learned since you and I have talked last is the hybrid title is who you are, right? You've got to call yourself something. You don't just list like all the parts of a cake. And then your personal brand is the definition of that hybrid title. That's how people see you and how they think about you in the world. So the, the definition of your hybridity, mine is, you know, I'm a creative disruptor. That means I'm integrating being an artist, researcher, educator, designer, so that I can radically innovate and change systems for organizations and people. So when I explain the relationship between my parts, you're like, oh my gosh, I am starting to understand Sarah Beth. And now I understand why I want to work with her and what she can provide. It really is like a three-part intro that starts with who you are as a hybrid, what your parts are, and what those relationships have to do. And that is that is something we've talked about on the show differently. It's what people have talked about in books. You know, building a story brand from Donald Miller is one of them, which is like, can you lay out a story mm -hmm. that is easy for me to follow? Yeah. That also I can put myself in the hero role. And this is kind of his paradigm that he uses, that yeah. I can easily put myself in the hero role. And now I understand how you, the guide, yeah. can help me achieve whatever it is I want to achieve. So this is really kind of these two things are, are really working together in just in explaining who you are and what you do. Um, yeah. The future of hybridity. We mentioned at the top of the show. 
I don't ever, I, I hate saying the phrase like unprecedented times. <laughs> We're pretty precedent at this point. We've been doing it for a year, whatever this is, or things have changed. Um, how has this sped up, amplified, um, electrified, whatever you want to say, the importance of hi hybridity and hybrids and yeah. maybe taking some of those people who are like, I think I want to do this. And now saying, here is your chance here. Here's an, uh, here's a great opportunity that you can do this thing in because now everything's kind of hybrid. Yeah. So let's break it down pre, you know, March, 2020, we weren't talking about hybrid stuff as much. And so I published my little book and I talk about hybrid professionals and I'm sort of in a little bubble by myself. And then phew, like after March, 2020, it's like hybrid work, hybrid learning, hybrid events, hybrid, hybrid. I was hybrid. like, yes, this word is like the word of the year. And what's really happening is this, we have a hybrid workforce, which consists of three different things. One is hybrid workplaces, which are physical and digital environments where people are working. But then you have hybrid- My hybrid workplace, which is room. room. But then you're talking about actual spaces. Like we, everybody, like, you know, people use Teams or Slack. You're talking about those actual things that yeah. connect us. Yeah, so the, th the three basics of the hybrid workforce, the workplace is hybrid, the work itself or the jobs can be hybrid, and then the workers can be hybrid. So that's the identity, the people. So we haven't been thinking about the different parts of this hybrid work. We just lump it all together and say it's hybrid, but really there's people, there's places, and there's the work itself. And that's what I wanna individualize. Um, because hybrid work, I've started to look at more job descriptions the word hybrid is coming in. You can search and find oh, yeah. hiring for hybrid work. It's on there. And it's sort of, it, it. I'd like to think of it as contradictions, things that don't usually fit together. Or you might see a term like it's a cross-functional role or cross-disciplinary, that's hybrid. Or we want you to work with internal and external stakeholders, someone who's good at engineering, but also has business skills or design skills, like things that you're like, how can a person have those two? Yeah. Or AI technology based with um, someone that has deep expertise that only a human can do. So usually that's considered hybridity. So all of that is the work itself, the job. But then you have the people side where I, in, in my own training and work background, have gained experience in education and art and design. And I have merged within my own ability to think and act and my skills. I show up as a hybrid because that's my identity. So hybrid people can do hybrid jobs, but hybrid people can also do work that's not hybrid. So you can start to see how it's like a plug and play and it gets messy. Yeah. And I don't know if I have answers for you exactly on where we're going with this, but I want people to understand there's different parts that we're talking about all is the same and they're not the same. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd, I'd emailed you in, in prep for this episode saying that I started using this term because it was hard for people to understand. And this is pre, uh, you know, last March. We, we need like a term like BC or whatever, like you know, pre, pre COVID. Yeah, uh, PC. Um, people would say, well, you work at Fox Rehabilitation. Fox is in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, but we've got clinicians in 25 states. So, like, do you work at, we only have one, you know, office, our home office in Cherry Hill. Do you work there? No. Where do you work? <laughs> Uh, work in my apartment or wherever my laptop is. So you're remote. Yeah, yeah kind of, because I also, I am hybrid on demand or remote yeah. on demand, which means I do whatever I want, wherever I am until 
you yeah. know, one of, my, one of my colleagues needs me to be somewhere. And then they, I say, you push the easy button. And then Jimmy appears a day later after you pick him up from the airport. And I go, what do we need to do on site? Wow. And I think that's going to be because people don't want, just want to say, well, go live in Belize, which, by the way, if you can get a gig, please go live in Belize because it's cool. Um, yeah. But there is this, hey, yeah. You, you will work f- with our organization, but then if we need on site, then you show up and magically appear. And I'll be honest, as a guy who loves people and interacting, you know, the video calls are great and everything, but I miss the whole getting together with people. So oh, three, I do too. three, four days a week, you're going to be remote. And then every couple of weeks or whatever, you come together to do a, an event. Great. Sign yeah. me up. I'll take yeah. that one commute every day. Totally. And and that's the work environment being hybridized, that we don't have to be physical or digital. You can be some combination thereof. And that's the restructuring. And so thinking that people aren't just being hired for one task anymore, like we just need a marketing professional. It's like, you've got to be able to understand some coding language and some design and some social and some this. Oh, where do we find that person? That's a unicorn. No, it's not. It's a hybrid. And if employers start to put that in a job description saying, we need a hybrid professional who can do these five different things, that's the Venn diagram. That is how we're talking about the workforce now. And then for people themselves that don't understand their, you know, jagged career history, they're like, how do I tell someone that, you know, I used to be in finance, but now I'm doing, um, you know, like a computer thing over here in tech and I want to do insurance next. Like, how does that fit together? Telling your story kind of back to the story brand thing is about showing the, the hybridity my core has always been creative disruptor. I just didn't know how to express or find that. So I help people go through a process where they literally dig into their intersections because there is language there you're not using about yourself. Because honestly, this is unconscious. When you're in your hybridity, it's so effortless. It feels so good. You just do what you do and you don't see it. So it's about pausing the frame and saying, In this moment, when you're so engaged and high performing and you love your work, let's break it down into the actual things. And we're not going to call it by the traditional titles you've been using because it's something different. And then the magic happens. People are like, holy cow, I am this, you know, this one guy's the human hit maker. Someone else I worked with is a tension methodologist. There's fascinating things people see that they're like, that's what makes me good at my work and really unique. And it makes someone who wants to possibly wants to work with you say, yes, I w- we do not have a, a human hit. We, there are any human hit makers here. We have none of them. <laughs> but he was able, he or she was able to explain that you know, in, in words. How would you recommend someone alter their because we still haven't gone away from a resume, right? Yeah, for a piece of paper. How would you recommend someone do that? Because it can be kind of hard to read. Resumes don't read like stories is what I think I'm getting at. Could they, in theory, throw a Venn diagram on the top of that and then back it up with the words that, that tell that story? Love that idea. I mean, yeah. go for it. If you're a visual resume person, um, yeah, I've been working, I've, I've been running more master classes because I'm getting questions like this. And I bring in experts from the resume writing industry and career coaching. And I have a woman who's in the hiring and talent agency world, and she's talking about on her side how she would think about hybridity. So essentially, at the top of your resume, you know, how are you identifying yourself? Do you just jump in and go, here's my work history? Right. Some people actually stop at the top and put a header like, 
I'm an executive in leadership or I'm a program specialist and director of blank. So when you use that space, you actually give yourself a title. So that's where your hybrid label can go. Is that right under your name and your email? Then you're like, you know, I say creative disruptor slash like innovation specialist or kind of whatever is fitting that role. And then the paragraph below, which is usually your summary about your work experience, that's where you get two, maybe three sentences to explain your hybrid history. You're like, I work at this and this and this, I'm at those intersections, and that's why I'm so talented in blank and blank and blank. So you give a little nutshell picture. And this can be tied to your LinkedIn too. And then this informs interviews and the stories and how you connect your hybridity into stories that the employer is looking for. It all starts to link up. What I find is too late is when someone shows up to me with a resume and they're like, I just hired this resume writer. Isn't my resume beautiful? But now I want to put my hybridity into it. What I see is they don't actually know who they are. The resume doesn't mean anything because it's just a job history. So your hybridity actually snaps things into focus because you're owning, hey, I know who I am. I know what I call myself. And here's how all this backstory fits together. Boom. That's really different when you show up that way. And this is what you've got in terms of a book and not only a book, but what I like is I like books I can write on, which is workbooks, because you're going to work. This is a process. You're not handing me a book. There, there's no book that you could write that would explain all the possible combinations of hybridity. That's impossible. But your work workbook works through it. You work through it for yourself to figure out what your title is and then your definition. Right. Yeah, I what I'm learning is I'm more upstream than any other career and like resume specialist you're going to meet because they meet you and they go, Jimmy, tell me what you're passionate about. Tell me what you want to do. What are you searching for? But nobody actually really stops and says, Jimmy, who are you? Right. Who do you call yourself when you're doing all these things you're passionate about? That's a different question. So in work, when you're looking at what you want to do for a career, it's passion and it's purpose, your why, but it's also the who, what do you call yourself? And that's this new part of the conversation because I'm kind of in the personal branding space and I'm kind of in career development, but I'm also an identity researcher. Nobody's doing those three things. This is a new category I've created about the hybrid professional and giving people that guidance and language to empower them is like shocking. And I'm meeting people from every industry, every walk of life, and they all have their own hybrid backstory that they're like, I never knew this tool existed because no one has shown me it. Yeah, it's right. Yeah, when you we'll sit down with Indeed or, or Resume and what do we do? Uh, resume template, Google, got it. All right, now I'm going to fit myself to this and see because I, I like the way this one looked. And now I'm just going to bend my work history and I'm just going to vomit that on the page. Totally. Cookie cutter in, cookie cutter out. Yeah. How do you see this though? Because Sarah Beth, our audience is physical therapists, physical therapist assistants. We're in healthcare, right? Yeah. It's pretty straightforward. But I'll be honest, you see a lot of people who say, well, I like this aspect of physical therapy, not so much this, but I really like this aspect. And these two over here never really touch. But what if I could, in in an industry or a a profession as rigid as healthcare, can there be hybridity? And if so, like, how might that look? Oh my gosh, Jimmy, for real? Like the hybridity is everywhere. We live and breathe it. (laughs) We don't even see it. That's how like, it's that invisible, visible. 
I mean, you and I have talked, you are so much more than a physical therapist. You are doing this live show right now. That's a whole other side of your identity. You're an educator, a communicator, a DJ. I mean, we've broken it down. So then it's like, who are you at the core? What is that essence? That's the through line. It's this thread that weaves all of these things you do together. You, you and your identity is something you own. And so you get to name it. And if you're just calling yourself a PT, well, then you sound right. like every other PT. Right. Yeah. We, we had a great guest on uh, a few months ago. Uh, actually, I think it was one of the last shows we did in uh, in 2020. And the guest came on and I had actually reached out to him because I saw him on Instagram and he was just, you know, just a physical therapist. He's like, I'm skiers and snowboarders in Vermont. That's all I want to do. I, I love skiing and snowboarding. That's all I want to do. He gets on the show. I figured out he let us know the reason he was gutsy enough to move to Vermont without knowing anybody to open up inside of a gym and just be like, here I am. Here's my table. I'm a PT for skiers and snowboarders, Stephen Burkett, because he heard on this show. He said, Jimmy, I heard so many people on your show show say, I just heard them say I wanted to do this. So I just did it. No one stopped me. And now I'm that. And I think he's a good example of saying, well, but you're a physical therapist. You need to work in a clinic or a hospital. Those are the two paradigms that you have. And he said, no, I'm going to set up inside of a gym. Okay, well, that's this new thing. And I'm, I'm going to super niche down again because I, I want to be the snowboard and ski physical therapist in this town in Vermont. And everybody was in his personal life was going, that's a little risky. And he was like, I'm just going to do it. But he owned his hybridity, right? Because yeah. those two things came across because he also needed to be a community builder because he had to build that community in the gym that he started. He needed to be really clinically excellent as well. And he needed to know how to walk the walk and talk the talk in terms of skiers and snowboarders. So the, his Venn diagram, but he lived it. And now when we heard from him, Stephen was like, this is great. I love going to work. I found it. If mm-hmm. on a, indeed, I don't know he would have seen that and right. been able to get that. So he had to build it. Yeah, we're, we're definitely at this new transition where the, the old mainstay traditional jobs are still very present out there. And so it's a question that if you're a hybrid, do you go invent your own role for yourself because you know your hybridity? Or can you find a hybrid role that fits you? I've been really fortunate. I still work in contract and full-time and part-time jobs that meet me at my hybridity because I'm really clear up front with this is what I bring to the table. This is what I need a role to be. And does that make sense to you? And if an employer is like, no, we just need you to come do this curriculum thing. I'll be like, I know I won't be my best self if I can only be one identity. So that to me already shows it's not a good fit. So you will find the right employers in big companies and organizations that understand your hybridity, and then you will feel more fulfilled because you're seen. And for the employers that are stuck in this like paradigm of just one kind of talent and one kind of subject matter specialist, they're going to burn out. They're not going to understand they need hybrid professionals too. So you have to feel you can hold out to find hybrid jobs because they are there. Yeah. Well, you're highlighting something, Sarah Beth, that I always tell people, which is figure figure out what problems need to be solved. Do you want to solve those problems? And then right. you highlight, yes, am I given permission or is this my purview and how I solve them? Because yeah. yes, I want to solve this problem. But if you're like, uh, well, we want you to solve it this way and you don't like that, that is not a good opportunity. Don't go into a job interview to win the job. It is an interview both ways. Make yeah. sure the what and the how line up uh, and or you're, else you're miserable. 
you're hitting one of my pet peeves right now, which is people that I interview almost all say similar things like, Sarah Beth, I just love to solve problems or I'm a connector. I'm really great at building relationships with people. And I hear people dropping these same understandings about themselves. And when I listen to that, this is what I hear. You don't really know yourself. Like yeah. if you're saying you solve problems, I'll say, Jimmy, what kind right. of problem? Right. Yeah. And tell me when you're connecting, when you say you're a connector, what are you connecting and why are you connecting? You've got to get more specific. And then when we start drilling down, you go, oh yeah, I don't love just connecting all people. I really want this kind of person with right. this kind of idea. When you see that aha moment with people you work with and they go, yeah, but I was saying that the whole time. And then you go back and you go, no, you actually didn't. Cause I mean, you write it down like 11 times. Do they actually go, but do they actually think they were saying it all the whole time? Or did they feel it? I am so harsh with people. I just, I don't have time anymore to let them go down their, their track of just telling me all these things. I go pause right there. Like I literally interrupt them and I go, tell me more. You just said this word connector. Or you said I mean, patterns. What do you mean? And they go, what do you mean? What do I mean? And say, how do you do it? And they go, I, I don't know. Literally what I'm doing is I'm ca catching them in a moment of unconsciousness. Yeah. And I'm saying you need to have more self-awareness. We need to pretend like this was a video. We can press pause and analyze every single micro thing going on and what your actual question was that you put in front of that person because people don't know what they don't know about themselves. Right. And that's the moment where they go, they kind of wake up and they're like, oh, this is how I need to look at myself. And then it starts to change. And if you don't know it, someone else ain't got a shot to know exactly. it. Exactly. There's no chance. And that's the thing when people say, but they don't understand me. It's like, yeah. right, they don't understand yeah. you. And I, as a communications yeah. guy, I always say, the onus is typically on the sender. Did you send it right? Was it the right time, the right way? Uh, was it un you know was it clear or unclear? Yeah. Um, and if you don't know, or if you're not if you're not crystal clear on that message, never ever going to happen. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about tools to improve adaptability. What are some oh. tools to improve adaptability in people's lives? Can you clarify what what kind of adaptability? Just general? so so how how can people drill down? So talk more about the workbook, and then I want to talk about the online course. Yeah, I have like a five-step journey, which sounds really simple, but this this reflection I'm talking about like is really big work for people. So I start with like, who are you right now? How are you talking about yourself, thinking about yourself? What do people call you? Like, let's just map that current That's state. A good one, right? What do people yeah. call you? What have they already said? Oh, hey, yeah. or she does, right? Okay. Yeah, like what is your six-year-old kid? How do they refer to your job? And if they're, you're like, I don't know, they'd say I'd make a lot of calls all day. It's like, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> like, let's hold on to that. <laughs> Um, then we do the professional identity work. So we do a lot of memory scoping and um, telling stories about when you're the first, best, or only at something, because those are signals of your uniqueness without using the word unique, because your brain goes into freeze. If I'm like, where are you unique? You go, I, I don't know. But right. if I'm like, tell me where you're the best or the first, you go, oh, and you start to find those stories. Then we start to hone in on your identity word list, and we narrow it down to your top primary ones. The rest are secondary. Primary means you use them all the time. You love them. They're your jam. Then we move into the Venn diagram and that's when it gets really messy. I mean, there's no perfect linear way. I have it linear in the book, but this is where people email me and ask me the most questions because it's about merging. And I say, let go of these words. We need to look at your actions. So here's the roadmap, really. It starts with feelings when you feel your best. 
When you feel your best, what are you doing? So feelings to actions. When we look at actions, can we convert those to identities? What do you call yourself when you're doing that thing? And once you have these identities, then we merge them into hybridity. Feelings, actions, identities, hybridity. That's generally what I'm searching for and pushing people to do. And in that, there's this word bank that we're sort of building along the way of keywords, themes, patterns that are we're noticing like, wow, you're using a lot of language around being challenging and difficult and you know testing problems. Does that mean you are a disruptor? Like that's how I got to my name. Right. And that's when you start to see, oh my gosh. I mean, literally people get chills. I've watched it. I keep seeing it. When you find these words, it's like, that's oh me. my God, that's me. Yeah. You just gave me my name. I had a name, but now you gave it to me. And now, yes, yes, that's what I do. That's what I was saying the whole time. And you were like, but you weren't saying it the whole time. You in fact weren't saying. But as soon as you, it's going to be that aha moment. Yeah, the aha moment is so delightful and it's it shocks me. It shocks them because it's like it just sort of comes together. You're like, these words are showing us a picture and now the picture makes sense. And without all that super deep reflection and going into these moments where you are really your best and unpacking what are you truly, truly, truly doing with a lot of detail and specifics, then we can finally unlock you. And, and it's a lot of pattern mapping. So that's generally the process. And then once people hear it, I have them test it, right? Like it doesn't mean it's the perfect fit until you kind of tell it to a colleague and tell it to a friend. Literally, you have to say your hybrid title out loud. It's in your name. It's in your name. It's in a name. And it resonates. Like either you say it out loud and you're like, oh yeah, that's me. Or you say it and you go, oh, that's not it. Like you just feel it. Right. That's part of the check. It's sort of an intuitive thing. But once you comes out and you start using it and you start using this three-part intro of like your hybrid title, what parts it consists of, and then what it means, people are like, really, you get a different reaction in networking and in email intros on platforms where you're talking, it, you just stand out. You sound so clear and so confident. Yeah. It doesn't need to be a three-sentence intro. It could be a three-word intro where someone goes, ooh. Yeah. Explain that more. When it, when it becomes a question to you, that's got to be really, really great. So someone who takes your online course, they go from being and feeling something to then yeah. being and feeling what? What do you see before and after? If someone's nodding along and they're like, yeah, I am something, but I'm not figured it out and I need a, I need a guide. I'm the guide. And I have so many tools at this point because I keep making resources after working with others. In fact, I'm running my first, this is my big announcement, a weekend crash course. Okay. People say, Sarah Beth, I want to do this fast. I need accountability. I want to work with you and I want your tools, but I don't have all the time. And I'm like, let's do a crash course. So that's what I'm starting. And then other people that want to do it on their own, they can still access all the online course and such. Um, so the from and the to, the question you just asked, this is where people usually start. Sarah Beth, I'm a jack of all trades. I wear a lot of hats. I'm kind of confused. I'm in a career transition. I don't know myself. I don't know how to explain what I do. That's where people start. Yeah. And then when we go through this process, they're like, 
oh my gosh, I see that I'm the sum of all these parts. I'm so much more empowered to be my fullest self. I know my true identity. I own it. And I have a new self-awareness and new self-confidence where I can walk in and see how I can transfer that to so many different jobs now. Wouldn't that be great to wake up one morning and go to a new job or or maybe get repositioned where you are yeah. and be doing those things that you knew were inside you the whole time or those things that you were great at and loved and were productive, right? Like yeah. you, know, you want to talk about Venn diagrams. My favorite is that Ikigai. Yeah. Uh, so it's what you're good at, what you yeah. love, what the world needs and what you can get paid for. You nailed it. Yeah. But you see me actually pointing in the air because I actually need to see it. But like and then the, the circle around that is what you call yourself when you're doing it all. Right. That's you. And if you yeah. if you went to work every day doing that, yeah. it really wouldn't feel like work. My dad was a New York City firefighter, and he tells me all the time, never felt like work. It, went, it felt like I went, hung out with a bunch of guys I wanted to hang out with, did good stuff, felt motivated, all that. And think about this. When you can step up and say it in such a succinct, clear, articulate way, you attract the right opportunities, right? Because people are like, oh, that makes so much sense. I'm coming to Jimmy for this thing now. Instead of like, Jimmy, like, what can you help me with? I don't know if I really get it. Right. What What do you, what do, you do again? You kind of seem like, and what, so you attract the things that you want. Now we're getting into like the secret, right? But <laughs> yes. Really, it's putting out clear messaging yeah. of, and what I'll also tell you, because I have fallen for this and probably still do more than I should is, I don't repel enough things that I'm probably sh I probably could do, but don't want to do. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I can do that, but is that worth your time? And and you know, saying no to those things. So, attracting more of what you want, repelling more of the things that you know aren't those those five things that you say like these are my need to haves. Yeah. My, my top twenty, the other fifteen are nice to dos or nice to haves. But these needs. Do more of the needs and less is the of the nices. Yeah. Um, and if you want to eat something that's just a lot of ingredients thrown in and it's like, here's the kitchen soup for dinner, you know, you want that gourmet, delightful, best tasting dish. That is you in your true hybrid state. You are the best ingredients of yourself. I like that. More than my title.com, the crash course. When is it? When can people get inside? And, and I'm doing one this weekend. I'll do one next month. But if you sign up by Friday, you get two hours Saturday, two hours Sunday, a whole workbook, all my tools, and you will have a hybrid identity by the end. Love that. Uh, again, that website, more than my title.com. Uh, I say follow along uh, on the uh, the social media and you, you get little tidbits. And, but eventually, and then you're like, you know what? This is what I need. This is what's missing. I, I, I you know, your your title, or, or typically when people ask you what you do, that's the first thing. That's their first one of the first things that they hear about you. Yeah. Uh, nail that down. If you feel like you're on the edge of saying yes, I want to do something. Uh, I want to be a little bit more clear. Uh, Sarah Beth, are you ready to play uh, three questions? I hope so. I don't remember, but yeah, let's do <laughs> three questions. Three questions brought to you by our friends from Fusion Medical Staffing. They were just on the show a couple of uh, weeks ago talking about travel physical therapy. You want to talk about Venn diagrams? Well, you can do what you want to do. That's your circle of like being a physical therapist or physical therapist assistant, right? In the setting, you want to do it, right? Your patient population, great. So there's your second part of the Venn diagram, my fist of the Venn diagram, in case you're following. And then the third one is where you do it. I don't have a third hand, but you get it. What you want to do, who you want to work with, and then where you want to geographically be. Be that. 
Uh, positions in all 50 states, in all settings. FusionMedStaff.com. They're bringing you three questions. So, Sarah Beth, you're in Colorado, but it, once everything is yours, safe to move about the country, where's somewhere you can't wait to visit, can't wait to get to? I am so dreaming about Tulum, Mexico right now. Yeah. I've just heard the best stories, and I can't wait to go. Let's go there. Uh, and where there are people, they need physical therapists. So FusionMedStaff.com. <laughs> Second question is a what question. What's something that you maybe watched, a movie, a book, a podcast, or something, something that you think brings value to the audience, something they should definitely you know, ingest? I mean, the book I'm reading right now is What Should I Do With My Life? And it's a series of essays on people that were trying to answer that question for themselves. So it's beautifully done. It's not a self-help book. It's really... How do people process that question differently? We've all said it. We've all heard it from friends. <laughs> that phrase right there. It usually is preceded or followed by a just a just <sighs> what uh -huh. do with my life. And we've all been there. That's great. I love that. Um, and uh, final question on three questions is who is someone the audience should know more about? Who's someone who does great work, but maybe they're flying under the radar or just needs more, more love? I'm so fascinated by Melissa Peng. She okay. is the curly executive. And she is doing baller work, supporting a lot of women, a lot of minority women and business executives figure out how to get their their work out there. So I'm a fan of Melissa. Melissa. Perfect. All right. That's three questions brought to you by our friends from Fusion. Medstaff.com, Fusion Medical. Uh, now it's time for the parting shot. Let's do that. Parting Shot is brought to you by our, our friends at the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org. If you are working in orthopedics, you want to level up your game, you want to stay current, right? New research comes out every single get day. Do you have the time? That's rhetorical. Of course you don't have the time. Uh, but they can lead you to being a confident and competent orthopedic physical therapist. I mean, it's in the name. They're the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy, uh, including current concepts of orthopedic PT, which is a great roadmap for anybody who wants to go from wherever you are, right? Like wanting to be better, wanting to be better for your patients, and then being an OCS, maybe taking that OCS exam, which many of you took a couple weeks ago. Try current concepts of orthopedic PT. Again, orthopt.org. Sarah Beth, your parting shot, chance for a mic drop moment. What's the Ooh. sentiment you'd want to leave with everybody as we wrap up today? Who are you at the intersections of your multiple identities? That is your unique value. Go find that and you will get to be your full self in your work. Man, everybody's going to win. You're going to win and that's great. Whoever you're working with or for, they're going to win. And then everybody around you is going to be like, wow, Sarah Beth's just way happier. It just feels like she's accomplishing things and she's going to be able to you know, go and make the world a better place. But uh, that is a, that's a great parting shot. More than my title.com, crash courses. You've got it inside you. Sarah Beth helps yeah. pull it out. She helps to pull it out. The hybrid life. Let's do it. Let's do it. Sarah Beth, appreciate your time. Thank you for coming back again. We should do it again in person. Cheers, Jimmy. Cheers, cheers, cheers. I can't wait to do it in person again. Let's I'll do it. Do it.
Love the PT Pinecast? Yes. Yes. Support the show by telling a friend or by leaving a review on iTunes or Google Play. All right, show today brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. Brooks IHL offering continuing education courses in numerous specialty areas, six PT residency programs, an OMPT fellowship, as well as challenging but rewarding internships. The IHL specializes in the translation of information from evidence to patient management. Learn what they can do for you to support your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. ptpinecast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at buildpt.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It's poured fresh by me, physical therapist, Jimmy McKay. Ingredients are sourced by our chief connections officer, Sky Donovan from Marymount University. And it's brewed fresh by producer and physical therapist, Juliet Dassinger. And by producer and creator, second year PT student, Bridget Nolan from Sacred Heart University. PT Pinecast is a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories. Make sure to follow us online at PT Pinecast and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. I absolutely love you. I love you, love you, love you. It's it's awesome. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. And if you found value in the show, all we ask is that you tell a friend. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.